My name is Madeline Anderson Balmer. I'm the host of It's All Creative podcast. Which you um, also, subscribe to. <laughs> yeah, subscribe. And it's on Spotify, Amazon Music, and CastBox. It was on Google Podcasts, but Google is canceling their podcast series, so that will be coming down. It's also on iHeartRadio. So plenty of ways to listen. I love that I can just ask Alexa to play it, and she does. And then also, I'm the author of Mad Tastes blog, which is M-A-D-T-A-S-T-E-S dot com, which is a cooking travel food blog that I started at the beginning of COVID. And I retired from my full-time job, which was in the financial industry. I've been working in a long variety of finance jobs for over 30 years. And it just finally, I got sick and tired of people not respecting what I did and how I did it. And I just couldn't take it anymore. So I was fortunate enough to be able to retire a little early. I love that. I love that. Well, way back in the day when I was younger, I also worked in finance and it's a burnout job. I mean, it is just, I felt like I worked till, you know, 2 a.m. And the next day I would get there and the boss would be like, well, that didn't exactly tell the story that we wanted. So we moved numbers around. I think I'm there all night working on this. What do you mean? Yeah, (laughs) I mean, back in the day when mortgages were, you know, popping in the late eighties, we got, we got to work our 40 hours and then they paid double time for overtime. So we got to take home 20 hours of work to do at home. And that paid us an 80 hour work week for two and a half years. Right. And then at the end of the two and a half years, the mortgage business died down a little bit and they said no more. And pretty much everybody ended up with their pay cut in half because of that. Wasn't fun. <laughs> crazy, crazy. So how did you come up with your podcast? Like, how did you come up with It's All Creative? What did you, what led you to that? Well, I would say that, you know, back, like I said, in 2020, when I started um, my food blog, I was planning on doing a, a podcast and a food video system platform, you know, trying to put everything all together into the blog. And I didn't. I bought books on doing podcasts. I read articles. I took classes in LinkedIn. And you know, it just never really came together. There just seemed to be a lot of random things that I wasn't totally comfortable with. So this past spring, I was on Facebook scrolling around and saw the ad for the Do The Thing formula with Stacey Lauren. And it was a Do The Thing podcast challenge and it was free. So I figured, hey, I've got the time. It's a six week program. I can commit to six weeks. And if I don't like it, I'll just stop you know, no big, no big deal. So I signed up for it. And it was a really interesting process. Because as I walked through the process, every day, Monday through Friday, she set little tasks, they weren't big, maybe one of them was make a list of topics you're interested in. Now, that didn't mean you were doing a podcast about them. That meant just what, what floats your boat? What are you passionate about? Another time, think of things you could talk about as far as technical that would prevent you from doing a podcast. Well, my list was like a hundred things long. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was just like, let's go. So every time, every day we would do something and then we'd have a a gathering, a Zoom gathering of everybody who was participating and kind of ask questions and recognize each other for what we were doing and select a champion for the week and things like that. And so it was really fun and it kind of built a community that you were doing things with. And, And I'd have to say that, you know, that attracted me and that kind of energized me. I'm the kind of person who loves crowds and loves like doing things with the crowd Um, So that was fun for me. And as we moved through that process, 
I was slowly fine tuning what my podcast would be about. And lo and behold, it was not about food. <laughs> Isn't it funny how life kind of leads us in a different direction than we intended? Yeah. I mean, I thought first I thought, oh, I'm going to do it about food. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to do it about creative people that are over 60 years old. And then I was like, really, why do I care how old people are? Everybody's interesting. And then I was like, you know, and does it have to be actual recognized artists? No, because creativity is everywhere. And I was writing a um, paragraph out to some friends on Facebook to just explain what I was thinking of, but I couldn't find a name. So kind of crowdsourcing a name. And one of my friends wrote back and said, hey, you said the name of your podcast right in that statement because you described all the things you were going to talk about. And then you said, it's all creative. So that's how I got the name. I love it. That is super fun. And, you know, Stacy was very instrumental in, in getting me started as well. I had signed up for a longer session and, and she, she came up with this 90 minute to start thing. And yeah. that's, that's how it got me started. So we have that connection, you and I, and I love that you, you also do food. So you didn't give up that idea. You do that on your blog and your blog is super cool. I really <laughs> enjoyed it. And I'm making my bean soup. Um, oh, good. So for that's so who, easy. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, you can be inspired by the recipes too that are on the on the podcast. And I was so inspired by the bean recipe, the bean soup recipe that I'm going to be doing that. And uh, so tell me some more. I know that you are really into music and mm-hmm. you've incorporated some of that in your podcast, but what are your other passions? I write. So the actually the inspiration to start the podcast challenge came from my sister encouraging me back in February. I don't know if you can hear my dog barking in the back. No, she's downstairs. Um, And my sister and I used to write when we were little, you know, we we made it our mission to collect as many rejection slips as we could. We thought that would be a cool (laughs) thing. So we wrote poetry and short stories and submitted it to all these big magazines and um, publications. And, you know, those people were very appreciative of us and sent us personal notes. Thank you for submitting this. It's not really what we publish, but here's your letter. So, you know, we were excited to actually be connecting with big publications. And, you know, it's kind of like a 10 year old sending an article to the Huffington Post, probably not going to work, but we did it anyway, you know, I like it. she's been doing poetry for years. And um, in January, she and I were chatting during, during COVID, she, she lives here where I live now out near Buffalo, but I didn't live here then we moved here two years ago. And so on, on zoom, we would write, we would like get together with my niece and my sister and myself, and we would pick prompt things and we would just zoom to each other and write and talk and and then read out loud to each other and so once we moved here even though we live like 15 20 minutes apart it seems like we don't get together as often as we thought we would so we zoom occasionally across the river because she's on the mainland I'm on an island so we kind of zoom back and forth and um she said hey there's a writing challenge in February with Writer's Digest to write a short story a day And I was like, oh, I don't know. I haven't written fiction for years, but hey, it sounds like fun. And, you know, we've got snow and there's not a lot. I can go snowshoeing or I can write. So I did a little bit of both and wrote a short story a day. Um, And I've been continuing with that, you know. And so now I'm kind of doing a challenge with a friend of mine from college back in the day. And um, he's writing a novel and I'm writing a novel. So that's another passion of mine. Um, animals we do a lot of rescue we used to drive for a rescue 
train, like they called it the freedom train. And it was dogs and cats that were being brought up from the South. And everybody signed up for a two hour branch of the drive North. And um, ours was always the last branch to go into the shelter. So by that time, the dogs were like so exhausted and Mm -hmm. some of them were a little bit more ornery than people said that they were. So we'd have to separate them in the back of the car. But, you know, I really liked to help out with with animal rescue. And we have two rescues now. We've had as many as five cats and we've taken in hospice dogs that were, you know, living out their final days and take care of them and give them the dignity and the love that they deserve. And yeah, so that's another passion. And again, music is huge for me. I sing with a competitive barbershop acapella chorus um, here in Buffalo. And um, we're heading out to our international competition, we won in our region. And so everybody around the world who has won in their region is converging on Louisville, Kentucky in a couple of weeks and singing our hearts out. And hopefully, and we have done it in the past, we'll come in top 10 in the world. So that's that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> now, if people live in Buffalo, right, can they come see you? Can they come see you? See yeah. You? I mean, we don't do a lot of community performances because we're almost 90 people. So trying to get 90 people all together <laughs> and a place for us to stand and everything is a little bit of a challenge. We did submit the national anthem to the Buffalo Bills to sing. However, oh, yeah. they didn't pick us. My guess is because they would have had to give away 90 free tickets. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And coordinating so, everybody on and off. Yeah, that would have been a challenge. But, um, you know, if somebody wanted to come and visit a rehearsal, Um, We rehearse on Wednesday nights in Bowmansville um, at the Chesterton Academy, and um, our rehearsals are open usually. So if they want to visit our website to find out or get more information, I believe it's buffalogatewaychorus.com. And yeah, they're one of the, excuse me? I'll drop that in the show notes for everybody too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great group. If you're, if you're new to the area, like we were, um, you know, it's kind of an instant posse of 90 friends. That's how I look at it. And, but I belong to this organization since the late eighties and I have sung with three different choruses. And every time we go someplace, I've gone to Florida and stopped in at a rehearsal down there. And people are like, Hey, do you know this song? Do you want to sing with us? And been out to, I've traveled with the group. I sang um, at the World's Fair in Spain back in the early 90s. We've been out to Las Vegas numerous times. We just, right before COVID, we were in New Orleans and we sang at the conference there in the Smoothie King Center. Yeah, so it's you can travel all over the place or you don't have to. And there's no age limits as far as how old you are. You're never too old to join. Um, we have members in our course that are closing in on 90 and they're still up there singing or in their scooters singing that. <laughs> um, and then some choruses I, we have an age a lower age limit I believe of 16 but some choruses allow younger girls down to like 12 to sing with the groups and we also have events a couple times a year which one of my podcast episodes shows us at a hotel singing in the lobby with probably I don't know how many hundred people were singing at that probably 200 but you know we do have like we have an event coming up in Cleveland Ohio in January that's going to be involved Young Women in Harmony, which is an organization for girls from 16 to 25. And they're going to be getting coached and have a chorus performance on the Saturday night of the weekend. So it offers a whole lot of opportunities. And some people might say, well, what about the boys? And we do have the Young Singers Foundation, which donates music and support to area schools all around the world. If they're looking for sheet music, assistance with music 
teaching and, and all of that. So awesome. That is fantastic. And it's close to my heart because as I told you, my daughter is a, a voice teacher. And mm-hmm. um, so it's it's a wonderful thing. It's it's very it builds a lot of confidence when you're young. I think it's super important. And when you're older, because you like you said, you get to meet people, gives you an instant bond with people. I think that's I really- think it's important. And I, I know I talk about this in my podcast about people feeling if they're too old to do this or that. And some people are isolated they don't get out maybe they are not in shape to get out and there's ways to do it there's I know we have some people in my neighborhood that take advantage of public transportation you know where I came from we had the it was called like the rabbit runner or something like that and it picked people up my mom took advantage of it because she lived with us and it would take her down to the senior center or whatever so she could get out and socialize and we have some women in our course that have had serious surgeries and illnesses and things and had to be home. And the chorus coordinates a meal train for them, um, gives them rides places. So it's in, it is important to have community. And if you live out in the middle of nowhere, which I know you said that's kind of you, you live out in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, I, I think even that that's a good reason to be isolated, you know? And so then you need to kind of take action. And some people... I know like my mom was, was had a tough time when she was older. She was such an active person. And then when she got into her eighties, she would go for walks, but she felt like no one cared anymore about what she did. Perfect. And, you know, she lived with us and we cared, we kept in touch, but that wasn't good for her during the day we were at work. So I think that people need to consider that. And, you know, if somebody, you know, is older and seems to spend all their time alone, kind of reach out to them and, and, See if there's something you can do with them. Even if it's, hey, I'll run you down to the store or I'm going to the library. Do you want to come with me? We used to take a woman that was in her 90s out for tea every once in a while. She lived next door and we'd like, hey, Millie, do you want to come with us? We're going to go out for lunch. Yeah. You know, we would just because her kids were living with her, but they were busy. You know, it's like, yeah, they go on a cruise and leave her home by herself. Okay, let's get together with her. We invite her over to lunch or take her out for a ride. And, you know, it makes a difference. It makes you feel like you're valued in the world and have a reason to stay here. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I think sometimes people as they age lose connection with people. And so anything we can do to help help them bridge that is, is really important. And I know as an instructor of older adults that it is, if you don't use those skills, you lose those skills and you start to become more and more isolated and it's so unhealthy, which leads me to my next question. We live in the frozen tundra. How do you stay active? I was from Rochester, New York. I grew up there. Ah, yes. Okay. And I do not miss the cold. I have to be honest. So tell me how you stay active in that cold area. Well, because singing is very active. We do a lot of breathing exercises. We do a whole dance routine before we start rehearsing. Oh, that's cool. We're, yeah, we're, it's a show chorus. So we choreograph a lot of our stuff. So we're we're moving and our rehearsals on a, on a regular night start at like seven and run to like nine 30. But when we're getting ready for competition, like we are now, they start at six and run until 10. Wow. And you know, we're standing up the whole night. we really don't get, they might say you get five minute break. And then two minutes later, like, all right, breaks over. And people are like, Hey, that wasn't five minutes, but <laughs> you know, that's it. Get back up and do your thing. Cause we don't want to lose momentum. So, you know, that's once a week. And then I sing in a quartet and we do a lot of, um, physical warm up and kind of just moving around and everything. But singing is great for your lungs. And it gives you you know, it keeps your back and your legs pretty strong. But it's not really activity that would burn calories, I guess I would say. So I think we've calculated that a rehearsal lets us have two glasses of wine. 
There you that's go. not what it equals. It's a trade. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you want to have some fries after rehearsal, that'll be okay. You got to share them with somebody, but. Now for me, um, it would be chocolate. Like I, yeah. I calculate things in chocolate. That's, that's pretty much what we do. We, we calculate it out by what treats we can have afterwards. <laughs> but um, our treat is usually stopping at the McDonald's. It's open really late and getting a twist cone on the way there home. Go. There you go. Hey, whatever it's works. $1.25. It fits the budget and we can have it on the way home. Perfect. But, you know, I snowshoe. Uh, I, I love to hike. And I did also during COVID have a, a hiking group that because we couldn't get together indoors, three of us, which was three of our quartet members, one was living in a different place, but every Saturday, no matter the temperature, we would go hiking and mm-hmm. we would look at parks. And I did that. It's funny because it was 10 years to the year of when I had done that previously. And we went to state parks around my house <laughs> and believe it or not, I mean, in Buffalo, it's cloudy all the time, as you know, but it's not always snowy. And where we live, you know, we had that Christmas storm last year, which dumped five feet on the area. And <laughs> where I live, we only got like 18 inches. And the, the wind was so ferocious that my backyard was all green grass. It blew all the snow right off the grass. It cleared away weight and around my car. So I didn't have to shovel. And so, yeah, you go out and walk. Now, I had two serious falls when I moved out here. One was tripping in a parking lot and smashing my face. And I sprained my, I dislocated my elbow, sprained my wrist and my, and damaged my nose. I had some damage in my ear. And so I had to be really careful. I still went hiking, but you know, I had to take it a little slower. And then about a month after that, I fell down a flight of stairs (laughs) and (laughs) hit my head and ended up with a concussion and some spinal bruising. And so that slowed me down a lot. And up until why <laughs> I still we didn't really unpack that was the sad thing is our moving van came and I had just fallen down the stairs so I was like okay I can't really work and unpack and give my body time to heal so the unpacking has taken a lot longer than we hoped but well, I've been in my house three years and I'm still I still have yeah we're down to like 12 boxes which the problem is a couple of them have cookbooks that I had just gotten before we moved and I really want to get into them so it makes me have incentive to open them up and find those books yeah. I am a cookbook hoarder. hoarder. I, I have I, so I many. Love them. I do too. I have them everywhere. And I have magazine. I subscribe to a bunch of food magazines and, you yeah. know, I, I just, can relate. <laughs> I, I, love, I love reading them. And, but yeah, it, it's just in the winter getting outside and not, and just being determined. I mean, I bought my wife a heated vest. It actually has a battery pack in it. That's, that's what I need. <laughs> so <laughs> that works. Where did um, you buy that? I bought it online. I ah, think the, the, the brand name is Orono, O-R-O-N-O. I think it is. If you go on Amazon, that's where I found it. Um, and, you know, she didn't need it last year, believe it or not, because after the five foot snow, a couple of weeks later, we had seven feet. Um, mm-hmm. But still, we only ended up with maybe uh, under two feet. We didn't have that. You know, we didn't have the big, huge amounts. And in my book, if there's a trail or a way to make a trail, doesn't then you shouldn't be stopped from going out. So yeah, there's so much healing in nature. Just walking outside is so good for mood lift. One of the biggest problems I had in living in Rochester was seasonal depression, Mm -hmm. but I didn't get outside because I don't like you need to take vitamin D, which Mm -hmm. up here it's so dry. It was way drier than it was in Massachusetts. And I am surprised since we're on an Island, we're near a lot of water. 
So it should be, it shouldn't be dry, but the soil is clay and there's no moisture under the grass. So <clears throat> we have to get humidifiers everywhere, take vitamin D, like mega doses of vitamin D, yep. um, because it isn't even just seasonal depression. Your joints start for the vitamin D deficiency, your skin starts to break down, your joints are painful. Um, and it's just all around unhealthy. So getting out and getting that sunshine is important. Right. That's very hard to find in this area because there's no sunshine. So getting full Never. spectrum light bulbs for my office. Oh, that's know. smart. That's very smart. Yeah. I mean, my brother-in-law has a light box. I, I personally put full spectrum light bulbs in my bathroom. And then that way, when you're in there in the morning, taking a shower and stuff, you're getting a good half hour dose of full spectrum light. Very smart. I like that. So, yeah. And, and I snowshoeing, hiking. I don't like water. I'm not a swimmer, but I love kayaking. So, um, you know getting out, doing things. We have two state parks on the island. One on the south end has like a sledding hill and a That's beach cool. and volleyball. So yeah, there's plenty of things to get out and do. And when you're not outside, are you cooking? Yes. <laughs> What's your favorite? I, am, and I, have a, a, I have a friend that, you know, she was a friend of a friend that relocated out here shortly after we did. And she's a pie baker. And, you know, so everybody knows that she and I are cooking all the time. And it's nice to have so many people because um, that are friends, because I always can bring whatever I've made and people will grab it. So I made, as an example, 400 biscotti in the spring. I was experimenting with different flavors and, um, <laughs> and they were amazing. I had strawberry lemonade, coffee, walnut, orange, chocolate chip, which was everybody's favorite, Toll House biscotti. And I had one other, oh, I had a chai spice. And where do we find this recipe? <laughs> I haven't put that recipe. This is where the recipe is. All right. This is, this is your pressure to do that. Cause you know, got to try that's it. That's the next, that's the next um, video. Cause I have a, some people in the chorus that are ready to buy like large quantities because they keep for like three or four months. And that's right? like I love the in the morning. And they're very, I mean, the recipe is a basic, I developed like a, what I usually do for my recipes that I create, I research a bunch of variations Mm -hmm. And then I have my own things that I fall back on. So I like to use bitters in a lot of my cooking, which is a cooked down version of like extract. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it's usually concentrated. Um, it has about the same alcohol content as extract, but I like to experiment with those. And so in my biscotti, I use maple bitters, which has cardamom and all different types of spices in it. Yummy. And then I use an orange bitters and, and orange zest. And I just find that those kind of things just add that extra punch of flavor. Delicious. I love that idea. And without a lot of calories because you've got yeah. the concentration. I love that. Well, you better post those. And where can we find your recipes other than the blog? Is there, do you have a YouTube page? I do have a YouTube page, but I don't have the recipes up there yet. I think maybe there's one or two that are on there. Um, but I'll definitely share, as I think I mentioned to you before, during COVID, I was planning on putting together a book of recipes specific to lemons, because I felt like you know, let's hope that people are making lemonade out of the lemons that was COVID. And so for a year, I focused on lemon recipes. And yeah, I have like lemon lavender ice cream and, and things like that that I made. Definitely so. got to get that out there. I would love, <laughs> I would buy your book in a heartbeat. I'm actually working on You're a book. Inspiring me. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I've been inspired by your recipes. I, I love, one of my biggest things is to get people cooking and baking again from scratch. We've gotten sort of away from that. And so- you talking about that is inspiring me to do more. So just, you know, keep it coming. I just think it's fabulous. And 
especially in the winter months when you can't be outside as much, being active and creative is just the best. I think it's fantastic. And I've been binge listening to the last of your episodes. So it's very inspiring. Well, there's a few more coming out. Not, I think I've got to decide what I'm making on Friday as some other cooking recipe. I think it's going to be the biscotti. So, you know, I'll be listening. I'll, I, I usually, my cooking videos, interestingly enough, it usually takes me a half a day to make whatever I'm making, but the videos, <laughs> if anybody's interested in watching them, it's not a half day video. It's like, but under seven minutes. Right. So, you have to condense um, it all. <laughs> yeah, I can condense the steps. And then if they're looking for the recipes themselves, they can look in the description of the um, episode. Or I usually put the full recipe on the blog as well. Do you ever do cooking reels? No. I find them I, very, I find it very challenging mm-hmm. to cut it down to, you know, the minute and a half. But it's been fun. It's a fun it's a fun way to do it. The only problem is that because you're slicing things, whether it's in pictures or whatever. So, you know, in a blog where you're doing your pictures and you're taking all those pictures and you're turning it into a reel, I always miss a step. I always, oh, yeah. like, oh, I forgot to take up that picture. So, and you're not talking through it on a reel, right? There's no, audio. So you can, you can voice over the whole, okay. all the steps. So I'm going to challenge you to take one of your recipes and make a reel out of it. And share it because it is, it's definitely motivating to people who don't want to watch the longer format. And I find myself scrolling through other people's reels all the time. And it's a fun process to make it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, well, I know the ham bean soup, I can definitely do a reel because that was pretty short. I had to add a step that I, like I said, I forgot. I got so excited when the soup was done. We ate it. And then I thought, oh my God, I didn't videotape the soup in its final form. So I had to take a photo. I had taken a photo of it. Um, and so I recreated. Plus, as I was making the soup, I wasn't sure, you know, what I had in my garden, what I was going to add to it. So it, I, I added kohlrabi that I had grown in the garden, but I wasn't sure it was going to taste right. So I had that in, but then I had to wait to see if it was actually going to work. So right. yeah. It's a challenge, but that that's an interest. I've been thinking about it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it works best. I think at least for me, if I, if I take pictures along the way and then I have little clips of videos and then merge them all together Um, because I I tried, (laughs) I tried to be fast in making it. That did not work. That does not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, it seems like reels would be would lend themselves better to something that's pour all the ingredients here and mix right. it, yeah. you know, and then put it in a pan and then cook it. You know, like, if you have like four basic steps, then you're probably better off with a reel because I, I, I but I am going to give it a shot. Maybe I'll do it on Friday. It's going to depend. We had some plans change because everybody in our group or not everybody, but a number of people in our singing group have COVID this week. So I've been sick, but I don't have COVID. Um, And so we had to cancel a trip we were doing Saturday. And um, yeah, so I'm going to have more time this weekend. So maybe I will. Well, I'll send you a couple of my favorite accounts. They just inspired me. If I could get to that level, I'd be like jumping for joy. But just just the fact that it can be condensed that small, because for someone like me with ADHD, it's like my brain's all over the place. So it's really good to have short little snippets sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be interested to see them. That's why I like the blog too, because it gives me a chance to scan through everything and then see the pictures. And, you know, it's it's sort of a fast content medium, I guess. Even though there's long form content, I can do it at my pay, at my pace. Well, hopefully I'm re I am redesigning my blog now that it's changed a little bit to include video. And I've got a um 
add a few buttons to skip to the recipe and things like that, which when I was first building it, I knew nothing about those types of widgets. And now we have them and, and they're there available to me. So the platform allows you to put them in. I've just got to go back through all those posts. And, um, you know, I have a pretty decent following on the blog. So, and it's interesting. It's people from around the world that follow it. So I love that. I love that. <laughs> and how long ago did you say you started the blog? Was it during COVID? Yeah, I started it in 2020. It's interesting. A lot of people I talked to started doing things at COVID time where we all just kind of slowed down and we had that time as awful as it was. It was also for all the creatives out there, a big time to change, to get moving on that stuff. So I, I kind of think there was some benefit to that. I mean, even though it was rough and it could be very lonely and it could be scary, it also really pushed a lot of people in a different way. Oh, yeah. I talked was talking to Stacy about that. I said, you know, there was a light that was shown during COVID. There was a light that people, a lot of people tapped into, whether it made them closer to family, yep. whether it, it provided them a door to walk through to get away from an unhealthy situation. I know for myself, work had reached a fever pitch on at the day before everything locked down. And I had come home and just said, I know I can't quit my job, but I'm in a situation where I can no longer prove that I'm not doing what I'm being accused of doing because now I'm not in the office, but I just can't do this anymore. I feel like I'm selling my soul. And, you know, so I was like, okay, here's my goal. I'm going to leave in a year. Well, I didn't I stayed longer, but at least I had that, that deadline. And I think during COVID, a lot of people were allowed to set themselves an end date for things and say, you know what? Life is too short this is too important to me. I need to make a change. And this is what I'm going to do because you have that extra time. Now, there were also people who, I look my company, they were very generous and said to some people, if you can't do your job, do what you can and we'll still pay your full paycheck. That's amazing. Some people started a second business and took that paycheck and said, oh, I can't do my work. I'll have my paycheck and then started their own business. So within a year and a half, two years, they quit and they'd been receiving full pay. And it was like, you know what, that was, that was not light. That was, that was very much non-team team behavior basically. But I think a lot of people really got a, a different perspective of themselves in the world and said, I need to make a change. It definitely slowed me down and made me readjust my thinking. So for me, a lot of positive came out of it, but I know that a lot of people struggled. But having been through all that, I can see that a lot of good came out of it for people. People that were on that endless, like you said, you know, you're working a million hours and you're trying to get all that stuff done. It gives you a chance to just be like, Ooh, okay, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was just and, like, I'm done. I mean, and I remember some days literally sitting in this office behind me, I had my work desk and then this was my personal desk and I would be so exhausted and I have my dog here and she had a little dog bed in the room and I would just like tell her shove over. <laughs> I'd sleep for 15 minutes on the dog bed. I'm like, I'm setting an alarm. I just can't keep working at this pace. And I would lie down for 15 minutes and then get back up and go back to work. And it was just, you know, that's not healthy. No, no, it isn't. And you know, it's, it's, it's good that we all had a chance to sort of reframe that and go a different direction. And, and so, yeah, I mean, Look at, look at all that, that came out of it. My gosh, you started a, a blog, a podcast, more travel. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you did in there. 
That's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean, I I took Move. the time. I, I think that, like, I try to think of the things that happened before that. And yes, I was doing stuff with friends and getting out and everything. But what was for me? And I think a lot of people are raised to not be selfish and think of other people first rather than yourself. And, you know, that's great. And it's important to think of other people. But if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be there for other people. Right. I always say you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta worry about yourself so that you can, you know, give the oxygen mask to somebody else. So yeah. I, you know, I think we've covered a lot of topics and, but tell me, have I missed anything? Is there anything else you'd like to share with everybody? Oh, I don't, I guess I would just say to people, you know, and I just talked to one of my brothers about this and he's like, no one would be interested to hear about me. And I think that everybody is interesting. Everybody, you know, you may be boring to you because you've lived with yourself since the first day, you know? <laughs> so that's kind of like a story, you know, and you've lived through it and you don't want to maybe live through it again, but other people listen and other people care and other people see you as an example. So you'd be surprised at how people admire you. The, you, you, everybody, everybody has touched a life somewhere and made a difference in someone's life. And I think that that message needs to be heard is everybody has that creative spark inside them that can build something for themselves and also inspire others to do the same. I love that. I we, we are all worthy. We're all we're all interesting people, and so our our stories do need to be told. And that's why I love podcasting. I think it's so it's so unique. It's a unique way to, to connect with people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think of it, or I've seen it as for some people a legacy. I inter I interview people who have children, and they talk about how proud they are of their kids and how they love to watch them do this and that and everything. And I wonder to myself, have they told the kids that or are they just telling me, yeah. you know? And so a podcast interview is that legacy so that somebody someday will see it. I mean, I wish that my relatives from years ago, aunts and, and uncles who have passed on and my grandfather and stuff, I really wish that I could have sat and had a chat with them and I could you know, so this is that chance. And if somebody asks you to be on their podcast, say yes. Yeah, because it lives on. We can, after we're long gone, they can still hear us. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad for me, but it is. <laughs> my kids are be like, enough, enough of you. Well, someday they won't think that. <laughs> well, I truly appreciate you coming on. I have enjoyed our conversation so much and learned a lot. And I will... If you would be so kind as to send me some of your links, then I will put yeah. it in the show notes for everybody and everybody can follow your podcast and your blog and get and, and be follow yours because you have interesting things to say. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, a, a shout out to Stacy and her do the thing challenge because it, it brought a lot of us together. It did. And it's important to take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. So I appreciate coming by today and chatting with you. Have a wonderful day. Stay warm. I'm over here at 68 degrees with a sweater and long sleeves. <laughs> oh, I have been outside with bare feet. It's like probably in the 40s. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I'm a, I'm a wimp. I, I don't mind cold weather. I go out in the snow with bare feet, so I'm good with that. Oh, you're brave. You're good. I, it wakes you up in the morning. <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. I'm I'm too I'm I'm too wimpy. Uh, I won't hold it against you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I wish you many blessings. Have a wonderful day. Thank you again for being with me. Thank you. I'm I will talk to, to you soon.
Awesome. Make, make those recipes available. I will. All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye.